fans. If you're a film fan, we're in the middle of awards season and it's almost over, right? Two weeks, Carl? Yes. So we're going to get to the winter releases, but also what's happening around St. Louis. And we have a very special guest today. Carl, why don't you introduce him? I work with him at Intercom Radio. He's the host of the Mark Cox Morning Show, Mark Cox. Hi, Mark. Well, hey, Carl. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, good to be here. I I hope I can uh, contribute successfully today. <laughs> oh, we've had people that have been here that say they're movie people, <laughs> and they don't contribute at all. All right. All right. For our 50th episode of the podcast, we'll talk to Mark Cox here in a second. We'll talk about The Gentleman at minute 7, around minute 15. Around minute 19, Mark tells us about Joker. Around minute 25, I lost my body. Talk about new DVDs around minute 29. We'll talk about politics and Kobe around minute 33. We'll talk about the Oscars around minute 41. And what's coming up next week around one hour and nine minutes. But you, you go to the movies. I, I do go to the movies. I, I took I, Mark I, was my plus one to Rise of Skywalker. I know. I, I remember seeing you I, there. I loved seeing that and uh, look forward to doing that more often. But don't see nearly the volume of movies that you guys do. Uh, no. I, I think I saw 86 last year. Wow. That's a lot. That is a lot. That is a lot. But And then I, again, there's, there's that report that came out this week. First of all, most people only go to the movies about four times a year. The average person, because some people don't go at all. And then the report in Gallup said that more people go to the library than go to the movies, which is great for our country. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Um, you know, I would say that my movie-going experience as, as – uh, Someone who has to go buy a ticket and go and doesn't get to see the previews, mm -hmm. uh, some people do, as reviewers do. I enjoy the movie experience so much more these days now that the, with the theater seating and the ability to get, go food. get a, a, a beer and bring it to my, my uh, chair. I, th to me, that has enhanced it to, to where I look more forward to going to the movies than I used to. I think that's a good thing for the industry. And that's good because, you know, since Lynn and I, we're trying to get Mark on the list. But Mark is every six months or so, I go to the movies as a civilian rather than doing it for work. Because one, sometimes they don't show us everything. And two, I want to see what people have to go through because some that's why people don't go to a lot of movies because they it's sometimes a challenge and a hassle for them. And... You know, because they say it's going to start at 6.15, and then it really doesn't start till 6.35, 6.40. Yeah, it's, it's about 20 minutes. 20 minutes of previews. And You've ads. already eaten your popcorn by that point, and That's you're like, true. what am I doing? If, I, if, you get a, if you get the popcorn when you walk in the door, it's gone by the time the movie comes on. Or you get next to people that um, the guy is telling the girl everything that happens. What's wrong with that? Uh, no, well, th that's why some people like to watch movies at home, and that's why when... Martin Scorsese said, uh, I'm going to do The Irishman, and you're gonna, you can watch it in a theater for two weeks, or you can watch it at home. And there is pushback on that because some people just don't like going out, or some people have a fear of crowds. My brother-in-law will not go. He likes being at home. He can get up and go to the bathroom. He can get his snacks. Um, my sister picks movies that she can go out with her girlfriends to see out. He just will not go. And I, I will say, you got to see some things on the big screen. Once, once in a blue like moon, free he solo. will go. Like Free Solo is a movie, and that's a documentary of the guy that climbed up the rocks without any saw harnesses. Yes. You, you saw it. Mm -hmm. And that's a movie that you need to see on a big a screen as possible. You know where I saw it? 
Science I Center. I saw it on a screen about this big on the back of an <laughs> airline oh, you watched it on a plane. movie. I watched it on a plane, so I didn't get to enjoy wow. any of the majesty of it. But you could still appreciate it. I was it. flying back from Dublin. I wanted. I oh, was yeah, wide awake, couldn't Ireland. sleep, and Free that, solo. that was there. And I'm like, it's not Han Solo. I, I had to go watch the preview. <laughs> and then I'm like, this is fascinating. But I have a, I have a serious fear of heights. Uh, and I was so a ner- I was it. a nervous wreck during portions of that, even though I knew he clearly didn't fall, or there wouldn't be a movie about it. <laughs> right, but oh man! But it was hard to watch. But what a weirdo! Parts right? of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Well, and not only that, on a, per- a person that has a fear of heights like you, maybe seeing it on a smaller screen is a better. <laughs> it's a better, probably a better thing. I will tell you, Lynn, that when Carl invited me to go see the the last Star Wars uh, movie, um, I was. I've known Carl for about 10 years. Mm-hmm. I know his affinity for that series. Yeah. I made a promise to myself when I walked in the door. <laughs> I'm going to sit next to Carl, and I'm not going to say a word to him for the entire movie. Because even if I, I knew I would have questions about, well, who Who's was that? that? Well, why did that happen? Like, I don't remember that guy. And but he was very good. He was riveted. He was very good about not doing it. Didn't say a word. Now, when Max and I saw 1917, we talked to each other the whole time because we kept counting all the edits in the movie for 1917. Even though it's supposed to be one solid shot? Technically two because he passes out. But yes, we kept going seven, eight. Because you can tell when they're – and it was distracting to me. I know, And it's still a good movie. I just think they – the gimmick, as I told Lynn, the gimmick is distracting. Yes. But Sam Mendes won the Director's Guild of America Award on – Saturday or Sunday, which is a precursor to the yeah, Oscars. But there are usually. so many precursors now. I know, but and, and the he's won. He's won all of them except he is tied with Bong Joon Ho for which I scre- prefer for the uh, Parasite. Yeah, for um, the Critics Choice Awards. I'm a member of the Broadcast Film Critics, and we voted for. Them. I did. I voted for Bong Joon Ho, but uh, we shall see. But that's next week. So this week we have a lot of awards we can talk to. But the only new release is the Guy Ritchie movie, The Gentleman. And I went into it with an open mind because the last couple of Guy Ritchie movies I have hated. Now hold on. His last movie made a billion dollars. I know, but I still but didn't it, like it. He directed Disney's Aladdin, so that doesn't really count. That's not no. a Guy Ritchie movie. This is not like Snatch. <laughs> right. Well, well King no, Aladdin, Arthur. Aladdin is not like Snatch. But uh, King Arthur, the only good thing about King Arthur was the fact that Charlie Hunnam was in that. And Charlie Hunnam is in this and is basically your lead in this movie. Uh, he's from Sons of Anarchy. And Guy Ritchie is famous for, one, marrying Madonna. Two, doing a very fast – he's like a British Tarantino. The movies Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels and Snatch – are the epitome of a Guy Ritchie type of film. Don't count Swept Away, don't count King Arthur, don't count Aladdin, and don't even count his most successful movies besides Aladdin, which would be the Sherlock Holmes films that he did with JDR. Right. Wait, RDJ, RDJ, JDR. Robert Downey Jr. as Sherlock Holmes and Jude Law. Which, to me, Sherlock Holmes is still going to be my favorite of his work, but I really enjoyed the gentleman and i was surprised because it's a january release so it's you're kind of really wondering. good it is it's very entertaining but it's also uh it's also a gangster movie lots of people get uh killed and they use the c word a lot yeah and which, as a as a male <laughs> slur eyes. as a male slur I was very disgusted. That's why I gave it a B+. It's very British. 
It is. I I was shocked, but but it's I, got a huge great cast. It's got a great cast. Hugh Grant is a sleazy detective, and mm-hmm. so that's fun. And Matthew McConaughey. Uh, is, is, is the boss. And he hasn't been this good. Okay, he He's won the Oscar. Fun. And then he made really bad movies for a couple <laughs> years. And so he's back in the zone where he's like the slick, cool uh, mob. Well, like he's, he's not a, a mob. Do- drug dealer. He's a drug dealer. <laughs> is he he's driving a, a Buick? He's driving a Buick. No. <laughs> yes. No, because he, he's, he's, he's an American expat. He's living in Europe. And he is a drug dealer. And he went to college. He was smart. He went to uh, I think he Oxford, Oxford. Yeah. and then, so he became the drug dealer at Oxford, and then he started this whole network by by uh, influencing the rich, and they have all these uh, castles with all this land, and he says, you know what, I can grow marijuana there, and he wants to get out of the business because he knows that it's going to become legal eventually in England, and he does not want to be the face of that because he's a He's a criminal. But he's an upstanding citizen. Like he goes, to, he's on all the A list parties and with the royals, and he's very high society. And he has a hot wife, Michelle Dockery, who was very prim and proper in Downton Abbey. Right. And she's playing. She's down and dirty in this. Yeah. She plays his equal. She's glamorous, but very steely. What was the TV series she was in? Downton Abbey. Oh, oh after, after Downton Abbey. Um, she oh. was in another TV series where she didn't she didn't play the good girl. She played a very bad girl who was a an alcoholic and uh, got into all kinds of trouble. So maybe that prepped her for her role yeah. in the gentleman. Yeah. I can't remember the name of it. It was, um, on, it was on one of the cable channels and uh, Burnt we, by the Sun. No, P- we, uh, Pygmalion. She was in and uh, let's see, Good Behavior. Good Behavior. Good That's Behavior. Yeah. Okay. That was on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, she well, was a baddie in that. She well, was a, a very baddie in that. Well, yes. they have a good chemistry, and they have a very tight relationship, and uh, he wants to spend more time with her, and she's got influences, too, but he is this kingpin. She, she, well, she is a high-end car restorer, and so she, she has her own clientele. Uh, Henry Golding from... Crazy Rich Asians and Last Christmas yes. is uh, one of the people that wants to take over. But the main, the main, he's not a villain. He's just the main suitor for this is uh, Jeremy Strong from Secession. Right. He's the guy that did the uh, rapping song for his daddy. Is that right? On, on Secession, I, I don't watch Secession, but I'm like, I know that guy. I know that guy in the like, Secession. He like, just oh. won the. Uh, he won the uh, Emmy. Or Golden Globe. He he didn't. I'm not sure if he won the Golden Globe, but he won the Critics' Choice. Oh, for best supporting actor. For for best uh, supporting actor in one, you know, how whatever category they call that. Okay. For uh, TV, but he's so good. He is in Succession. He's and playing he, a weasel. Oh, well, he's he, playing a weasel here too. He played Lee Harvey Oswald in this little scene movie called Parkland, which is the name of the hospital they took JFK to after he was assassinated. And so it's got this huge cast like Billy Bob Thornton and all these people, and he plays Lee Harvey Oswald in that. So he's I a can very see him first, doing yeah. that. And then we forgot about Colin Farrell. <laughs> oh, Colin Farrell is a hoot. Where so are these it's track, a full cast. These these tracksuits. These tracksuits track are these plaid, strange he, outfits, and they're all wearing them. He plays a boxing coach that uh, takes care of the local uh, young toughs, and so he's the boxing coach. So all the kids in the area respect him because he's he's their guy. And it, it's just a comedy of errors. And it is very Guy Ritchie. And if you are a fan of Snatch 
or uh, lock stock two smoking or rock and roll rock rock and roll people don't like that one I know but that was uh, Gerard Butler Uh, Guy Ritchie introduced Jason Statham to the world it's his fault I did not know that Uh, I love Jason Statham well yeah but Jason Statham is a certain type of actor and true yes and he hasn't really done a whole lot of uh, serious acting. He's Jason Statham on screen is having fun. He's having fun, well, except when like he has to keep his heart rate up. <laughs> but this movie is very Guy Ritchie. It is epitome Guy Ritchie, and it is probably one of the best Guy Ritchie movies. It is. It moves really fast, and his his famous thing about the fast cuts and the it's fast very well talking. edited and the fast talking and he it's. He's a guy's guy, mm-hmm. and this is a guy's guy movie. But I was entertained. But minus also, all the one of the one of the knocks against Guy Ritchie is if if they're they're very Cockney accents and they're talking very fast. And Ron Stevens said, I, "I'm going to have to watch it again because I didn't understand half of the things that they were saying." Which was the problem with Snatch. But that was the he even realizes that because Brad Pitt in Snatch, that's his whole thing. Brad Pitt was playing a character you couldn't understand. Because of that's what happened with Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels because it's Guy Ritchie. Right. And he has a real feel for Londoners, and it's in the countryside too. But like the, the kids that are the, the tough kids, mm-hmm. he's got a feel for that just like he can do the high society. Right. So he really knows his subject matter. And so he's back in the zone. He's in his comfort zone. It's He's got this great cast to work with. They all look like they are having so much fun. And I I, I enjoyed it. I recommended people. And people are like, oh, you're, you're saying something nice about a January release. Yeah, I am. I, it's 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 weird to do that, and it's refreshing <laughs> because it usually January is for the movies that fly over country gets that have already been nominated and are out in Los Angeles and New York for one week so they can get Oscar consideration, right. and then we get them later. Or horror movies, or garbage like uh, well, see, I still haven't seen Bad Boys for Life, and so I cannot say whether that is garbage or not. And it was the number one. For the third week in a row. Believe it or not, I have. You saw Bad Boys for Life? I did. And? Um, what did you it, think? It was entertaining. Is it a January release? Yes. Okay. Yes, very much so. <laughs> and I mean, it's, team if, if, you, if you followed Will Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, or Martin Lawrence. Or Martin Lawrence, for that matter, in the first couple of movies, it's like a... It's 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 like a, a a warm blanket on a Friday night. You weren't sure there was going to be another one. Mm-hmm. They get the cast back together, and they had fun doing it. They had a good time doing it to make another one. <laughs> it, you know, it was just fun to kind of see because they do have a great chemistry together. Um, the, the, of course, the plot's a little far fetched, in my opinion. It's a bad boys movie. It's a bad it boys movie. They sing the bad boys song far too often. Um, <laughs> but but you know there there's car chases and 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 fist fights and a few gunshots and things like that and it, you know it, it, it was entertaining i watched it with my 21 year old uh, college student mm-hmm. uh, on a friday night and your child my, my child <laughs> and, you know and he had no, seen you, he was a big fan of the you first you were just two. picking up young men and going to see the movie <laughs> my you went 20, with your, you went with my your son. son my 21 year old son who's, who's a junior at mizzou and um he wanted he, to see it. He wanted to see it. He Had really he enjoyed it. Had he seen the first two? Yes. Okay. Yes. So He couldn't wait to see this. Really? Yes. Well, 
Last week we were talking about this movie and we were wondering why Gabrielle Union in L.A.'s Finest had not – they mention her in the movie because it's Martin Lawrence's sister and Will Smith had a had a thing for her in Bed Boys 2. Right. But she moves to L.A. and they were trying to shoehorn her in. By the time the movie was written, uh, L.A.'s Finest, they didn't know if it was going to like be successful or not. So they couldn't shoehorn it in. But they said they have an idea for Bad Boys 4, which now they've greenlit, that they can – make these two worlds work huh because uh la's finest is it's gabrielle union and um uh hold on the dark angel um who it they she's the it's not kate beckett it's uh kate damn it now i have to look now I have to look it up because we you try not to. It when you... Well, no, yeah, I, you want to use your brain. You want to use your brain, and my brain is telling me that I should look this up. Um, Kate Winslet? No, no, not Kate Winslet. Oh, <laughs> I love her, but <laughs> me uh, too. But she would not be doing. She would not be doing LA's finest. It's going to be. Is it Jessica Alba? It's Jessica Alba. Son of a. Anyway, I and I used my brain and I didn't get it wrong. Jessica Alba. Jessica yeah. Alba. I used my brain, and I, and and I was right. See, it was in there. I just had to find it. So Jessica Alba, they're gonna, of course. Why wouldn't you want Jessica Alba and Gabrielle Union in Bad Boys no, for? Can't I can't think of why you wouldn't? Yeah, I thought I thought it was a decent movie. I don't remember seeing Bad Boys two two. That was the I one remember with Nelly. the first one, and that's the one where he was flirting with Martin Lawrence's daughter, right? Wasn't um, there a relationship there of some sort? Tia Leone was in the first one. Okay. All right. Tia Leone was in the first one. That's what I remember. And that was 1995. Yeah, that was a while back. Right. 20, that's 25 years ago. Smith, I, Smith still looks great. Martin yeah. Lawrence looks older. Well, it's, it was. But they're about to retire, was, right? You know, it was early in the bromance world because, you know, Lethal Weapon and and uh, those kind of movies. And so everybody was royally entertained by those two. And I don't remember Bad Boys 2 at all. Bad Boys 2 is the one where it had. The Nelly P. Diddy song Shake Your Tail Feather in it, mm. which is probably more successful than the movie was. But it made a <laughs> ton of money. And I don't know why they waited. First of all, wasn't it like eight years between that? It was like 2003 since the last one. So, But they had a good time, and they're going to make a fourth one. You never know why things are held up. And it's sometimes it's legal stuff and sometimes scripts and everything. Speaking of Kate Beckinsale, she was supposed to be the Michelle Dockery part in, in the gentleman, the gentleman, and she quit two days into the shooting. Well, go, was she going out with Pete Davidson at the time? I'm not sure. All right, so that is the only new release this week. Mark, you have seen Joker, which is out on DVD. I have now. seen Joker, and um, do you think it's worth all the accolades? No, <laughs> no. You know, I didn't. I didn't leave the movie with a, with a really glowing feeling about it, other than thinking that uh, the main actor, um, Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix, uh, Phoenix had done just a, a tremendous job. He and as Lynn found out when she went to Los Angeles, people that worked on that movie said it's really not Todd Phillips' film; it's Joaquin Phoenix's film, and he did everything. And he, for him to get accolades, and he's probably going to win Best Actor, is which will be the second time Joker has won. Yes. But technically, it's not necessarily the same character, right. based on the same character. But but the only comic book character to win Oscar, too. 
Oh, and, wow. And now probably again. Yeah, I, I think he his individual performance was outstanding. But he's the only – he's in every plot, frame. <laughs> the, the plot left a lot to, to be desired. It was just – it was just a, an odd film to to me. And not, it's not, all, and all, we have people in our critics group that thought it was the worst film of the year. Really? Yeah, we, okay. We well. we don't understand that. But the weird thing is that it's a good. You don't know how much is true because it's because he's crazy, and you also don't know. Um, there's technically people say, "Oh, it's really violent." Technically, there are only two, maybe three violent scenes in the movie it's a it's a story about mental illness right right and those marginalized by society and uh if you believe in to the batman myth if you buy into that gotham city has to become a cesspool it has to because that's why it's predetermined rises (laughs) and so therefore his descent into madness the way Joaquin Phoenix played him was just brilliant because a lot of people can play crazy, but I don't think you have that pathos there. And to me, he is the the most brave, and I've said this multiple times, the most brave and fearless actor working today. He's an odd dude, though. He is an odd dude, but look at that family, though. You know, mm-hmm. and then if you well, the sixty. Did you finally watch that sixty minutes piece on him? No, I I'm gonna write that down. I need to watch that. Sixty minutes did a piece on him, which was smart because they because they did like they did the week of the Golden Globes. That's why they did it because they knew he was gonna do it. They should have saved it for the week of the Oscars. But he, uh, they talk about River. They talk about his hippie parents. They talk about he doesn't. He's not like he doesn't go out and watch movies. He's not an entertainment guy. He's just a family guy, and he's. An odd duck. And he's engaged to Rooney Mara. Good for him. <laughs> and uh, he um, he gave the la- the best performance last year, which got no attention. You were never really here where he plays. This that was on Amazon. Yeah. But he, he was quadriple- quad- quadriplegic. In, well, that's in another movie called uh, You Won't Get oh, Very Far, far on, on, foot, on Foot with Jack Black. That, that, was, the, that was the Amazon okay. one. Sorry. Yeah, but the that. You Were Never Really Here is about he is a hitman. But he goes after uh, sex traffickers, child, uh, child, uh, when they molesters, uh, when they get molesters, free, when and uh, it's very dark. When the but, system fails, and he's he's like a Dexter. Yeah, and he has hardly any words, but he is just brilliant in it. So anyway, getting back to the uh, other new releases this week, uh, were not screened for us. Or I guess no, we I saw say Adam, I saw Adam's family. Okay, well, oh, you're talking, you know, talking about the ones about, on the me, on the yeah, big screen. The Turning, which is a horror movie. Max saw it. He said it was half of a movie. And then The Last Full Measure, which is a war movie with a big cast, and it was Warner Brothers decided to skip St. Louis. Well, they're also deciding to skip uh, the Birds. Harley Quinn's Birds of Prey movie here in St. Louis too, which is unfortunate. And I did last week we were talking about um Troop Zero, I now know what that is. That's the Girl Scout movie yes. with Viola Davis in Right, it. and Jim Gaffigan. And Jim Gaffigan. And, and uh, the little girl, McKenna Grace. Yes. And my wife said, oh, yeah, I want to see that movie. And I said, I didn't know what it was until you... – it's on Amazon Prime. Troop Zero. Right. Troop and Zero. As to Troop F. Yeah, no, no, yeah. it's it's. The, I don't think they can call them Girl Scouts legally. So, oh. uh, and is Allison Janney in it too? Yeah, there's okay. a big. It's a huge cast. It's got all these people in it. Amazon but, Prime puts out uh, well-funded films, but they did not put it in it. theaters. 
So therefore, that's why I didn't review it because we got a fine line between what you know are we doing What's digital? Streaming? What are we doing? So uh, the other new release in theaters was I Lost My Body, which is a Netflix movie. It's an animated French film, and it's nominated for an Oscar, and it won Best a animated bunch film. of critic. It's about a hand. <laughs> it's, it's so weird. I Did you watch it? I did. I watched it. The first time, I couldn't get into it at all, so I turned it off quick. But then I thought, well, it's going to open in theaters. I need something to talk about, so... Yes. I watched it and oh, it's French and weird. It's French and weird. It's the severed hand that escapes looking from for a its lab, body. looking for its body. And then there's the story <laughs> of a young child who wants to be an astronaut who has a family tragedy, and he is. A is total, he missing a hand? No. Oh. He's a total sad sack, and he has a really rough life. So how they intersect. You don't know, like, why we have these two stories. So it's just, it's beautiful animation, but it's slow. And it's So French. it's fr- it's not French New Wave, it's French slow. But it's... It Is won- the animation pretty? Yeah, it's good animation. It's kind of creepy. The hand, And they have... It's, <laughs> it's, it's creepy. Very, That's not necessarily a good thing. It's very adult. They have curse words. And they have a See, little think... snippet of a sex scene with and... a hand. Well, oh, I'm afraid that, to that's not the hand. <laughs> that's the the kid has a roommate who he comes home and the guy's having sex. His it just, just says, shows that. Can you give me a hand over here? Or is it... <laughs> hey, hey, and that's why Mark Cox is here today. <laughs> he delivers. The poor guy delivers pizza, and he's always late, so his customers. Oh, hey, the pizza guy's pizza. here. <laughs> Oh, I forgot about that. But anyway, it's just really, it's very odd. And it won the L.A. critics. It won the New York film critics. It won a whole bunch of stuff. But see, this took the slot of Frozen 2 for best animated feature, which upset a lot of people. Because that means that now Disney has to put all of their cards in uh, Toy Story 4. I mean, which would have been tough for them anyway. But Frozen 2 is the biggest animated film of all time. And it wasn't wasn't nominated for best animated feature, but I I still think Dragon Three has a good shot. Dragon Three is very good. I enjoy those How to Train Train Your your Dragons. I love the first one. First one's great. It's very beautiful animation. It's got really good music. It's got good characters. Good female character. I might add. Well, no, not till the, well. I guess in the first one, America Ferrara is good. Yeah, yeah, but the third uh, the third one I'm just saying it's got a better his mama. All right, Mark, have you seen any of these other DVD releases? Did you see Adam's Family? Have not. It was very serviceable. <laughs> it was it was fine. For a kids movie, it I'm I'm happy to introduce new generations to the Adams Family, but it's it's all right. Did you see Zombieland 2? Double Tap. No. No. I didn't either and I I no. do want to. <laughs> Did you see I Tur- like the name though. Uh so Double tap. I, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll have to <laughs> go see that. They, they didn't show it to us. us. Really? Did oh, you see no. uh, Terminator Dark Fate? I have not. Oh. That comes out Tuesday, January 28th. Which is so still... it's coming out then soon, and this right. is the one where they bring back... Arnold. Arnold and um, uh, the, the actress. The, the, oh, uh, Linda Hamilton. L- yeah, Linda Hamilton. Yes. Uh, Lynn, you saw Pain and Glory. I did, and that's Antonio Banderas' first Oscar nomination. It's uh, 
Pedro Almodovar. Mm-hmm. I never know how to say that. And he does all those uh, really good but quirky. Sexy. Very sexy. Very women-oriented. Penelope uh, Cruz is your lead, technically. Right. Um, and this is about a film director reevaluating his life. People love Hollywood stuff, so, you know. Right. Hollywood likes films right. about Hollywood. And I didn't know anything. I'd heard rumors, and I'm a big Kevin Smith fan. I love Jay and Silent Bob. I love the whole Clerks view askew universe. I did. They didn't do anything for Jay and Silent Bob reboot. I don't think it was even was it in theaters. It wasn't in theaters because we would have known about it. I heard that they were doing a reboot, and then I never heard anything else. And then all of a sudden, it's on the list of DVD releases this week, or January 28th. And I'm like, what is going on? So I'd watch it. Again. Yeah. I would watch it. I would watch it just to see them. I recommended Clerks to people, and they thought I was like deranged. What? Clerks is Back amazing. In the day. Clerks is amazing. Well, it, it was so odd for its time. You know, I mean, nothing like that had ever come on. <laughs> well, you know, it's just. I guess you have to have a view askew. If you like those movies. But uh, Motherless Brooklyn is also out. And that's the Edward Norton having Tourette's Syndrome as a detective in the 50s. Mm -hmm. And it's good. But but the book takes place currently. The book book that they use, because this is Edward Norton's style change. The book takes place in modern day, but they made the movie to take place in the 50s even though they still have people knowing what Tourette's syndrome is, even though they wouldn't have necessarily known about it in, in the, the 50s. 50s. Right. It has mm. Alec Baldwin. It has Bruce Willis. It has all these really good uh, guy guys. And then, oh, I never know how to say her name. Mugatha Raw. What's, Raw. Yes, I know who you're talking about. She is gorgeous and beautiful, and she's really good in it. But... It's a story that you can kind of figure out, and it's two and a half hours long. It has a good jazzy score, and it's set in, oh, Willem Dafoe's in it. And it's set in the 50s, New York, so that looks cool, you know. Uh, And it's just, I didn't mind it. I enjoyed it. They thought it was going to have good awards potential, but it really. Gugu Mbatha-Ra. Yeah. That's who she is. That's who she is. And then Harriet's out. Cynthia Riva is nominated, nominated for, for Best Oscar. Actress. Girl. Playing Harriet Tubman. Yeah. Directed by St. Louis and Casey Lemons. Wow. Who I got to meet at the celebration of Black Cinema in You in had to go LA. to Los Angeles to go see somebody from St. From Louis. St. Louis. <laughs> yes. And we talked to her about her opera, that uh, Fire Shut Up My Bones, that was at the Opera Theater St. Louis last summer. And we were asking her about that experience, and she said she had a really good experience. Lynn yeah. is also with the Theater Critics Circle in St. Louis. Yes. Oh, okay. Founding yeah, right. member. Yes, I wear many hats. <laughs> we're in, uh, By the way, we're announcing our uh, nominations on February 7th. After the Oscars. But then again, this is for theater. No, Oscars is uh, February 9th. Oh, wow. And our awards aren't till March 30th. We have them at the Repertory Theater St. Louis. The Hilton Center, so we have to say the Hilton adult Center. Adult theater. <laughs> yeah. Regional performance. Yeah, not regional the, adult. Yeah. Right. Yeah, not reg- for the kids. The kids have the their kids. own thing. Yeah. Yeah. But this is regional professional. Nice. So it's not the touring shows. It's not the box. It's not the Peabody. It's not college theater. It's only it's not high school. Regional professional theater, of which there are so many shows. I saw 74 
performances last year? That count, and that's not including Fox and, and Peabody. So I saw 74 plays, wow. and that was low for me because of the year I had. Mm-hmm. Um, and so normally I see, like la- like the year before, I saw 89, and I see like 100 movies. <laughs> so, yeah, mm-hmm. people wonder. You're in lots of, well, that's your job. Yeah, and my Your real job is to be a theater and movie critic. Right. You get well, paid for that. Wouldn't that be so, nice? <laughs> yes. Well, 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 you have to talk about politics all day, but movies are very political these days. But people go to the movies to escape the politics. I, th- I think that's true. I think that's very true. And and it, it, it's getting, and I'll, yeah, I'll just uh, be honest with you, it's, get, it's getting increasingly difficult for me, though, to separate my feelings about certain actors from then seeing them on the big screen. Robert right. De Niro is the best example feel... I can think of in The Joker. Right. Okay. Like I, you didn't I mind can, him getting I shot. I didn't mind the scene with him and the Joker. Right. Ma- primarily because of my hatred toward dislike well, not, right. of some of the it's comments that hate. he's made right. lately. Um, so so there, there are a few actors. Like you mentioned Alec Baldwin a few minutes ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's. I, I, You're not I, a fan. I, I'm just not a fan. I just, but, but that's you, because of what I do for a living. This is also different because actors, act, people in the media, people. The general public have no qualms in saying they hate somebody. And it's only people in the media, though. Like, oh, I hate that guy. You don't say that to, like, any anyone else. You say, oh, I hate uh, I hate Green Day. But but you don't know them, so you really don't hate them. I, I hate Stan Kroenke. Right. Well, yeah, exactly. Right, you don't right. know Stan Kroenke. And what Stan Kroenke did, did to this city is awful. But I was going to say your feelings about... Uh, Alec Baldwin or uh, Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro. Yeah. Actors are different than musicians because you're more willing to forgive musicians than you are actors, correct? Probably. And why is that? I, that's a good question. <laughs> because I, you know I, you're not you're not a big fan of Neil Young's politics. Like I loved I loved the movie Raging Bull all those years ago, and mm-hmm. um, and you know for that reason you respect I, him as an I actor. I respect him as an actor. I, I it, love Sammy Hagar, which you happen to know, right? right? I do Who know just that. announced he's coming again. Oh, of course he with, is. Uh, of course with, he he's is. coming with his band and with White Snake Ooh. and maybe Night Ranger. I Ooh, think they're I all going to be at I love me some Night Ranger. They're all going to be at Hollywood Casino Amphitheater. But um, like, if, but you'll if, be there in the first ten but, rows. But I don't know what Sammy Hagar's politics are, I do. and I prefer to I keep do. it that way. Uh, okay, because you'd afraid you'd be disappointed. Correct. Okay, I don't want to know. Don't meet your heroes like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's I, I don't that, know. yeah, there's a, there's that too. Don't meet your heroes. Yes, exactly. But I could tell you that you would actually be on the same page with Sammy on a lot of things. But he's also a California, San Francisco guy. Yeah. And so you don't know. You're like, well, he's a Republican. Yeah, but he's a San Francisco Republican, <laughs> which is not necessarily a, a, a St. Louis, Missouri Republican. I don't dislike people who have different opinions from me. I'm, I, but I'm talking about very high-profile people like De Niro who go on award shows and make rear, uh, rear ends out of themselves mm-hmm. and, and uh, make then want to known. turn around and have me go pay 13 or $14 to go sit in a theater and watch their next movie no, no thank you I, I understand I understand that and there are people and the people on the other side of the spectrum think that uh, well why would I go see a Clint Eastwood movie yeah, maybe same thing or uh, Bruce Willis because there are there are a handful a handful <laughs> and, and then I've named most of them you have named most of them Bruce Willis yeah. uh, but there but you know what a lot of people 
keep their politics out of it. And you don't know a lot of Cause, it. Because you're going to uh, uh, make well, why uh, hurt half your brand? the people. Half the people. So Hate you. Yes. But it's not really hate. It's just, just it's it's just entertainment is the only uh, place you, that this you, happens. Well, you, you just have no other way to express your dissatisfaction with what they said or how they said it other than to ignore their art in this case hit him in the pocketbook right don't be blue or red green (laughs) well when i saw richard jewell i wasn't thinking that um, there's a clint movie well i was just looking at it as a movie and then all the backlash about the female reporter and you're a reporter and then everybody was asking me because you know i spent 40 years in news i still do news but i'm just pretty much aged out of a lot of it but um mark understands that yeah (laughs) so uh but my news days you know i mean i was very the problem with richard jewell is that he put in a scene where a reporter he didn't come out and say it but there was the implication that she traded sex for information information fbi agent yeah which is not necessarily that is unproven and she's dead so she could never say anything and that it was speculation anyway and everybody went ape shit about we can cuss because we're not fcc it's a um, podcast so uh and i took a lot of heat from like well why would you think that movie's good if they portray that i was just looking at it as a movie and as you know there are unscrupulous people in every profession <laughs> well, and and let's and let's face it um richard jewell got what, screwed what richard richard jewell what that the reason that movie is important is not that i thought it was the greatest movie i've ever seen i thought that there the the I, I thought they could have done a lot more with that movie. Um, and Kathy Bates of, is getting well, lauded for her performance, right? Bates did an okay job in it, I think. Um, here, here, the, here's the non-movie critic speaking. But the parallels to today, where we need an immediate solution to this problem, this guy's suddenly our target. The the 24-hour news cycle can destroy a human being's life, and then overnight. not apologize. It oh. took him 80 days to destroy Richard Jewell's life because. Uh, back in the 24 hour news cycle was really just ramping up back then right right today it's a lot faster they don't need 80 days with Mm -mm. with somebody not being charged 36 hours about 36 hours your life is ruined and then you never get charged but all people remember is that your name was associated with this controversy yeah who was in atlanta somebody was saying they were in atlanta oh you no it was it was uh jim bats i believe or and, uh, Tom Stockman, or no, it was Jim Tudor. Jim Tudor was, yeah. and they said uh, uh, John Hamm was in there filming, and he's he was talking about Richard Jewell, and they said, oh yeah, that guy that bombed the Olympics, because people still think they just his name is so associated with that that that's all they remember about him. They don't remember that he was acquitted because no the. The 24-hour news cycles, if they have to do a retraction or an apology, they bury it at the end of the show where no one's watching. And he died at 47, and you can't tell me that that didn't affect the stress. his, his, his mm-hmm. life. And just the way it just makes it just made me really angry that, that we do that. Everything's so black and white. There's no gray areas. And now— Yeah, but he won. He, he did. W- he did get exonerated, and he did But his name was already money, ruined. But it was— the 90-day hell that that man had to go through mm-hmm. and everything. So I don't know. I just try to 
look at a movie as a movie and not add mm. into it just because we have a lot yeah, of Yeah, but like, you were but it you understood you, as a journalist you got tainted. That was a terrorist event though. I want to, just to put this in perspective. In 1996, Richard Jewell's life was destroyed by being linked and being a suspect in a terrorist event at the Olympics. Last year, the life of a teenager from Covington Catholic was destroyed in a 24-hour period when people jumped on that video outside of the, right. the memorial in Washington and they didn't where see he was blamed for facing down this uh, activist, this activist uh, who was Native American and how dare you do that and what a smug Make America Great Again hat he had on just and smiling one of at these the parents guy. teaching their kids. And he just got a multi-million dollar settlement from CNN. from CNN and is probably about to get another one from several print uh, newspapers. Because they used the photo. Right. Uh, and they, they destroyed that kid's reputation in a in a heartbeat over over a viral moment was, of video and, and not even a terrorist event. I mean, right. it was a nothing event. And that kid's reputation got ruined. And they were they even started to backtrack it like 36 hours after the initial events. And, hey, uh, uh, we've got more video of this, but it didn't matter. By the time, that's the 24-hour news cycle right now. Well, let's um, we were going to talk about this anyway, but let's look at what happened on Sunday. Um, Kobe I, Bryant. I, I've taught journalism for the past three years at, uh, at uh, SIUE, and I'm sitting this semester out. But I would always tell my students, do not use TMZ as a source. But they were right. But they were right. And I hate to quote them, but my sister lives in next to Calabasas. She lives in Woodland Hills. And I was just out there, and we were actually on that road. Like 13 days ago, I was on that road where the, where the plane went down. They said it was a hill, though. It looked well, the pretty, hill. It but, looked but pretty the, flat. Where the But the road that's right there, okay. I, I was on that road going to Malibu because we went to Malibu for lunch. My sisters so, <laughs> oh, so, that, so yeah, you have to leave at ten o'clock in the morning to get there for a one o'clock lunch. <laughs> but anyway, um, you know, Dan Buffa, our mm. friend, says they're reporting Kobe Bryant's dead in a helicopter crash. And I'm like, Oh my God. So I go But then you're you like, know, Oh, it's TMZ. I Google it and it's Us Weekly, TMZ, and another un, a disreputable place. And I go, Well, I'm not quoting any of these. But I texted my brother in law and my sister and their son, because they're big Kobe buffs, because he's Mr. L.A. And and I said, oh, my God, it's in Calabasas. And they, they're they like, yeah, we don't hear any sirens. We don't hear anything. And my brother-in-law did go to the site. But they were like, nobody's reporting it, CNN or ESPN. Nobody's reporting it. And then all of a sudden, CNN did it. And I said, well, that's because they were probably waiting for confirmation, because TMZ will go, just like with Michael Jackson, TMZ went and all the networks because it happened because it TMZ whatever? has the they if they're wrong they can just say oh it's TMZ but then like the Inquirer was the one that got the Gary Hart story going they, they, uh, yeah and John but, so every but yeah but every once in a while a blind squirrel finds a nut it's, it's the National Enquirer of television so they, there's no pushback on them if they're wrong Right. So they were right, but uh, everybody was wrong about how many people were on there. And True. Then, For, remember, it was three, then it was five, and now it's nine. Well, I was saying, because everybody's like, why is it taking so long? I said, they're probably having a hard Family. time 
uh, identifying people and getting a hold of family. Because you know you can't you can't put that on the air. And the the the, the officers were saying that like uh, quit speculating to who was on the helicopter because we want to make sure that we are right about these things. Again, you have to wonder what role the twenty four hour news cycle plays in that, especially in L.A. Be- because they got a lot of time to fill and a lot of speculation to happen, and long before we had confirmed by the authorities who the victims were yeah, the manifest it was being <laughs> widely reported mm-hmm. right long before right um, and his daughter wasn't for a long time and they were speculating all four kids were on but that wasn't true and it was her but yeah it took a long time for that to, well they didn't have the pilot's name right away either and yeah. and and this is something that uh, annie fry and i were talking about yesterday she wants all nine, it, it shouldn't just be about the two Bryants. It should be the other seven people. We should know their names, too, because they they were teenage girls on this thing, and they were college basketball and baseball coaches, and it would, it's, it's a tragedy. Yeah, you get the feeling, and I remember this. Remember the Kirkwood City Council shooting? I do. Okay, a girl I used to work with at the St. Louis Globe Democrat became an alderman in Kirkwood. So... I got home from my meeting because I was doing news and I turned on the television and, you know, it was chaos and they weren't releasing any names, but us Globies were trying to find out because this was what, 19, I mean, 2006, something like that, 2007, yeah, and uh, Rick Hummel was Connie's ex-husband, so People were contacting him at the post, and he confirmed it because, you know, he knew. But they couldn't go with that Yeah, wasn't Bill McClellan there? During the shooting? I don't think so. No, but he might have been on on the scene right away. But they had, you know, it was just one of those things where they weren't releasing any names. But I just had this pit chill in my stomach because you like, knew somebody that covered that stuff and but i mean i knew one of the Council, aldermen right. and and she was killed connie carr she was because she used to be connie oh now i'm forgetting her maiden name when she first started at the globe she was a hoot and then she and rick hummel got married and then they got divorced and she married this guy and they lived in kirkland and, and she then was an she decided that she was because we had a globe reunion uh, right before, like that summer, be uh, right before she had gotten cut, and everybody's like, "Oh yeah, she's a, she's an alderman in, in Kirkwood." And we were all kidding her, you know, and uh, yeah, it was weird. But you know, you know that person's dead, but they can't do anything. Well, reputable news people. This is the thing about ethics. <laughs> when I was trying to teach my students, yeah, but they all want to be first. Oh, I know. And I tried, and I told them, I go. If you become media, you are a public figure, and you have to watch what you say on social media. And they all looked at me like, really? <laughs> they were <laughs> depressed by that, <laughs> I'm were, sure. They were like, like, oh, my God. And, and it's just like it's one of those. Well, yeah, really- just like that, that guy that got in trouble that he was a political operative, but now he's employed by CNN. And when he said something, he was acting like a political operative, not as an employee of CNN. Did you see the reporter who got suspended yesterday as a result of the Kobe story. I think she might have been with the Washington Post, but she, upon hearing of his death, she retweeted a link to a a Daily Beast article from 2017, right after he retired, about the sexual assault allegations, Mm -hmm. right? And, And I clicked on the link and I read the article because just to refresh my memory on it, she took a lot of heat for posting that on the day that he died, first of all. Mm hmm. 
then suddenly she was suspended. And everyone was, why did she get suspended for retweeting? Well, that's not why she got suspended. As a result of tweeting that article, she got emailed death threats. Oh. So she took a picture of her email uh, inbox with, with the guy's name on it who oh. who sent she the death threat. To the and then she tweeted that out. Oh. And that violated the post social media policy. And she was suspended for including the full name of the person on a company email that she then showed to the world on social media. Mm-hmm. That's why she got suspended for retweeting company that. policy. Company policy. See? Not for tweeting the Daily Beast article. But so. see, that won't, that won't come out. <laughs> that won't come out. But it is coming out. It, it, Max and I were talking the other day. You and Dan were saying a whole bunch of stuff. And Max said one thing. He wasn't a Kobe fan. And I didn't say anything. One, because I was at the hockey uh, all-star game. And two, I'm not a basketball fan, so I have no opinion. I think it's sad and it's a tragedy. I have no opinion about Kobe, Kobe Bryant. And I, I think it's a loss for the sports world, but I I don't really have anything to say about it. And so I said nothing, which is the appropriate response, isn't it? If you have nothing to Should say. Should be, yeah. You well, right. Well, it. you got to look at his whole life, and that's what I think some of the news media now is coming around. But uh, uh, I had no idea his impact. Like, so I've read a lot yeah, more about him. Yeah, but you have family in L.A. Right, right. And they're, they were just like, you know. And my sister works for the USTA, and she said he was just starting to do things for tennis. He wrote that book. Uh, he won an Oscar. Yeah, for that. So Dear I don't basketball. know. And I said, well... What you know, people learn lessons or whatever. He's got four daughters, and he obviously uh, learned a lot from the the. You know, I mean, you would hope that they become a better person, right? Yeah, you you get that impression. I, I, I somebody was asking me today who I had on my show, who would you liken it to in St. Louis? And I'm like, well, Ozzie? I can't, I can't. Well, let's say for example that. Albert Pujols had stayed here his whole career, okay. and then he retired because mm-hmm. he's got to be close to forty now, right? Pujols. Yeah. Let's assume that he retired, and two years later died suddenly. Mm-hmm. I think we'd have a similar reaction here. Maybe Yadier Molina. Maybe you know if if Kurt if I, Warner. Kurt, Kurt Warner, Warner. If Kurt Warner had retired from football and two years later died in some horrible accident, we this city would elicit that sort of response because mm-hmm. of the the. the emotion that you had invested in that individual mm-hmm. over the years. Because he was young. And he was because he was young. And I think that most people in L in LA, it's everything to be a celebrity. And he was the celebrity celebrity in LA. And right? that's why all the late night shows did tributes to him last night because he always would go on as a guest and he they, was a good guest. They were in tears. Right. I saw Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel, Kimmel crying all by on late himself. night television. It was last no, night. Kimmel had no audience and he just did Kobe clips and he said he was one of his favorite guests. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, they kept playing that about his daughter, you know, mm-hmm. and he was coaching. And I said, which Dan quoted, I said, he died being a dad, which, you know, everybody has a personal life. And he obviously was devoted to his family. Right. And it's not he, like he went. He was he wasn't taking this helicopter to go to party in Vegas for some bachelor no, party. True. He was going to coach and support a basketball team. For and his he had kid. the assistant coach on the 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 helicopter and, and he teammates had, he had parents. her friends and their parent you know and just oh, well see that's just... what my wife said the most heartbreaking picture was was the picture that they released from the school when they were all waiting those the rest of the team and those kids were waiting for them to show up 
and someone posted a picture of that because then they, when they heard about it, they all uh, got down on their knees and started praying. Oh, wow. That had to be hard because they did interview someone and they said, we were just waiting. Like, they're supposed to be are, here. It was like a 20 minute plane, uh, helicopter ride. Right. Mm-hmm. Where are they? And that has to be. I always think of that accident, and you've been around news for a long time. Remember when Leonard Little killed that woman? Yes. Right outside of Channel 4 News. Mm-hmm. And her son was waiting for her her to pick him up at after a concert downtown because he wasn't old enough to drive. drive. And she never got there. I always think of things like that. Like mm-hmm. you're waiting there and that person never shows. Wendy Weiss is the one that always reminds people about that. And I love Wendy for that. She was like, you know, Leonard, we must not forget that Leonard Little killed a, a mother that right. night. Right. That was, that was, that was horrible. And so, I mean, you know, we're, we're accustomed now to professional athletes doing horrible things. And then there are the guys that do a lot of good things. And I guess, you know, you have to take the whatever. But I always, I'm fascinated by what people do with their celebrity. And he was doing, he was trying to do good things after he, multimillionaire, and trying to give back. It's estimated that he made $960 million over his As a player? Or as, with endorsements? Not just in salaries, but endorsements and all the other stuff mm-hmm. that went along with it. It's incredible. Wow. Yeah. So, that you know, he does. But, yeah, he's an Oscar winner, so they'll bring that, you know, they'll bring that up. Oh, yeah. Um, he'll, he'll, get a, he'll get mentioned in the in memoriam at the Oscars this year. Right. And that is a good animated uh, one. Dear Best, it's, it's, it's the letter he wrote to the fans, and then they animated it, and... And, but but once again, he's an LA guy, so all these movie people were you got Kobe the door, fans. The doors exactly. open, right? Exactly. Please. Well, um, for the, my first assignment in writing for the media, I asked the kids to write a paper about oh, somebody who influenced them in their lives. And usually, they take their fathers or a teacher yeah, <laughs> or their mothers. Uh, there's a lot. Yeah, parents, grandparents, a teacher, and one guy wrote about Kobe. Really? Hmm. Yeah. And Over so I thought, of, yeah, I thought of him. Yeah, you know, I thought of him uh, Sunday because I was like the guy that wrote the paper about God. And then somebody asked me if they could write about somebody they they didn't like who was a big influence. I said, yeah, and they wrote about Stan Kroenke. <laughs> <laughs> my, my uh, you know, I I I look at that um, reaction that you just talked about, and consider now even telling you this that I I need to go I need to go follow up with my own kid on this. He was on the phone, I could tell audibly over the phone, upset about finding this out. He's a basketball player, played mm-hmm. his whole life, played through high school, still plays at intramurals down at uh, down at Mizzou. Um, even the next, even yesterday, he was still texting us that he couldn't believe that Kobe was gone. I mean, it's just bigger than life character, mm-hmm. and he's a huge NBA fan. And I, for a lot of these kids, are probably af- affected more than I like to think he would be affected by it. I don't think Kobe was a role model for him growing up. I think I was, mm-hmm. but this guy clearly had an impact on his on his life. So There are certain people that just strike you. When I found out Philip Seymour Hoffman died, my my uh, son that was uh, he was a filmmaker, he he uh, 
you know, called me and he said, Philip Seymour Hoffman died. And, you know, he struggled with substance abuse and everything. And that hurt. And I think one of the magazines, one of the entertainment magazines, maybe Entertainment Weekly, he go, they, they wrote this line, they go, this one hurts. Mm-hmm. And I think of that line sometimes where people, when you find out that they died, it really strikes you and you don't know why. But you see, don't that's know the that thing person. With the, with the former radio station I worked at that's now an oldie station, um, all of their core artists are in their 60s and 70s. And so in the last five years, you had uh, David Bowie, Prince, Tom Petty. Uh, they're just, they're dropping. That was that was that series where it was a bunch of them at once, yeah. And that was really Neil weird. Pert. Neil Pert. Yeah, it's going to happen more and more. Somebody said the tidal wave is coming. It the will. Next, if you've got an artist who's still touring that you haven't seen, you better go see them now because most of them are seventy, right? And within the next ten years, they're going. We're going to lose. They're a either going to retire tidal or wave die of them. Mm-hmm. Correct. And but see, Rush knew that going in. They said, you know what? He he had he had problems already, and they're like, right. we're done. And so he had the last three years of his life not having to worry about touring, which they didn't really publicize at the time. But then they said, actually, Alex Lifeson was the one said, oh, yeah, Neil's sick. We're not going to tour. But they don't they didn't say that at the time. But you just never think. And like when you and I went to go see Paul McCartney, we thought this is probably the last time Paul McCartney. Every time Paul McCartney announces another tour. It's always the last time. And like Elton John's having fun on this last tour, but he keeps adding more dates because I guess it's keeping him young. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Well, you know, they didn't necessarily live off clean lifestyles, too. <laughs> Thank you. So, But if you can still do it, like I went, I had, I'll just say this because it's completely unrelated to what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. But I went to see Kiss mm-hmm. on their final tour. Um, allegedly final tour. Well, allegedly final tour. I, I was blown away and at the end of it i was angry with myself for having never gone to see them before really i've listened oh, to right. them you had never I've seen listened them. to them my whole life i had never seen them live and i could not believe what a show they put on These maybe Jewish part of it's the fact New York. <laughs> maybe part of it's the fact that they're all dressed up in makeup which hides their age a little bit so they they other than the fact that you know they're in their late 60s or mm-hmm. almost 70 in one case they don't really look like it, that nothing on their stage performance has really changed. Gene's not amazing. that big. And amazing. Paul has always been tiny. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was great. Anyway, off the subject. I'm so glad you said Paul, because we had a trivia night Saturday night. Paul where Stanley. It was, um, well, it was a blues thing. Uh, it was, we had a whole round of blue. We had one round of blues, one round of NHL. And then we had. <laughs> uh, I could have helped you a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you could have. But and, I was there. I was and working. Then I did my homework beforehand. Because I knew they were going to have blues questions. so But they had, like, what was the nickname of Curtis Joseph? Cujo. Cujo. But I mean, Which you should know that because that... you're a movie girl. I know. Well, I knew <laughs> it. I knew it. But, I mean, easy. And then, oh, yeah, yeah that that, easy. that's yeah, actually that's a pretty, pretty easy, easy one. Yeah. yeah, like, okay. And then they had, like, uh, uh, where did Wayne Gretzky play his last game? Because he played for the New York Rangers, right. so it was it's probably Madison Square Garden. Garden. So we just guessed that it was right. But anyway, they had a picture of bands, and they pointed to a person, and you had to name them. And yeah. <laughs> you'd be good at that, Mark. Oh, and maybe, <laughs> maybe. And they had the they they pointed to Peter Chris of Kiss, but I'm like, okay, Ace Frehley, Gene Simmons, Peter Chris, and I go, I cannot think of the last guy, Paul Stanley. Yeah, and then for Van Halen, they had. Michael the, Anthony. 
which I couldn't remember his <laughs> I name. I would have known that one. I, I couldn't remember. So I just kicked myself. I go, is it Alex Van Halen? And and I just was, it was driving no, me Alex, crazy. Alex is the slow the brother. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, but I got most of the, oh, and for Cream, they pointed to Jack Eric Bruce. Clapton. No, they pointed to Eric Clapton. but Because uh, he, he doesn't big, look like no, the big hair. He had the thing, yeah. And I said, that's Eric Clapton. And my whole team's like, Really? He was <laughs> on, sure? Are you sure? But see, now, now he's another one that they say that is really sick. And, and every time he, every time he, he doesn't do, he doesn't tour anymore. He just does one-offs. He does the crossroads stuff. And um, if you ever see Eric Clapton, it's probably a good time to do it because he's probably another one that it'll be, it'll it's be depressing. weird. It is. I, I want to hear it. So I think I did pretty good, even, except there was a Maroon 5 one. They had, the, and, and they pointed to James Valentine. Who, I don't even know who that sure. is. So that I, I just said, I go, yeah, I'd have like t- tough time with everybody in Aerosmith. I know. But I was, I'd, I'd get him. I, I said, Joey I, all I know is Adam Levine. I don't know any of those guys who is. So that was probably good that but they that, did that. that was that. on purpose. <laughs> yeah, that was good because they were a little bit hard. And then they did one hit wonders. And uh, that was that was fun. But anyway, right. it was a good one. They raised a ton of money for um, uh, this is this is who it's for. Remember when they had the shooting at ABB? I do. One Covered of, it. One of the guys killed Corey Wilson was a young like early 20s and his family holds us uh, he played soccer at SIU and they have the Corey Wilson scholarship and uh, they have this trivia night every year to raise money for it so that was what it was for and then they had a bunch of blue stuff um, mm-hmm. I guess maybe because it was the all-star it was weekend, the all-star weekend or we could but it's just his family did that his family started this scholarship oh good and so it's every year, but I think of that shooting. Those people went to work, mm-hmm. and I, then what? Seven a.m. was when they start, and then you get those calls when people don't get those calls, like with the high school shooting and whatever. When when the parents are trying to find out, and mm-hmm. nobody, and all the phone lines are tied up, and nobody's get. Can you just imagine? I, I cannot, and I don't want to. I don't want to. You never want that to happen to anyone. Right. So anyway, those those are all off topic of all right, entertainment. But I'm going to tell before we get out of here, I'm going to tell one quick story about the NHL weekend. So on Saturday from noon till four, uh, Green Day was rehearsing four hour rehearsal because not only did they have to get they had to get all of the equipment out in and out in a certain time period. Normally, when there's uh, intermission between hockey periods, it's 18 minutes. But since this is the All-Star game, it was 28 minutes. So they had extra time. But they still had to get, because the ice needs, when you do a game, like when they do the games between periods on the ice, you have to be off because the ice has to set because you have to flood the ice and then clear it off. And I think it needs at least, I I want to say, I'm not 100% sure, I think it needs nine minutes to, like, solidify after it gets wet so i'm not 100 sure but i know there is a certain amount of time that you need between the flooding and before they start to make the ice playable so they had to get all this stuff and there's pyro and everything so they had all this stuff they had four hours to rehearse and green day came out and rehearsed their two songs twice and the first time when they sang american idiot billy joe dropped an f-bomb and i believe somebody from and remember you're going to be on national television. So the next time he did it, he didn't uh, He didn't say, he didn't drop an F-bomb. 
And, which is also weird because when they did Basket Case, he didn't say, talking about getting stoned, I'm like, oh, I wonder if why. Maybe he's not doing that for TV, and he didn't do that on TV. But after the two rehearsals, he did that, and then they – that was over at 4, and then they went outside at 5.30 and did four songs. Three of them – they did one of them twice because they recorded that for television, and something happened uh, during the recording, so they had to go back out there and redo that song. It's – uh. Fire Ready Aim, that's the NHL's uh, Wednesday night rivalry song on NBC. So they had to play that one because that's, one, their new single, and two, it's because it's on NBC. So they play that. They uh, they did that, and there were a ton of people out there. 14th Street was packed between Market and Clark. The entire thing it was bodies, nuts, and butts. It was packed. I saw that. It was really well done. And then, so then they come in and they act like they're coming in right from there, but they're not because it's TV. And TV was on a 30-second delay because they didn't trust Green Day at all. Even though they said, you know, remember, don't, don't. He cursed five times. And I was getting texts from people in other markets going, why is my sound keep dropping out? (laughs) And I said, well, because he's dropping the F-bomb. But in Canada... They aired it unedited because it was on cable in Canada, and they didn't care. They're, they're Canadian; they don't care. Right. They, they, cur- they care have, less. They have sex on TV and network television in Canada. That's weird. When you do that, really? when, you, when you yeah, like in France, and if you go to a foreign country and watch TV, it's really um, we're very Puritan here. In the I, I noticed States. that in Ireland. I was in Ireland recently. Uh, yeah, like when I, I turn French television on. But you expect that in France. I'm like, oh, there's a sex scene. At, you just uh, like the subtitles. Exactly, exactly. Because yeah. I learned, I learned, I took six <laughs> years of French in high school and college. But they did that, and then the players came out. Like Jordan Bennington was on the ice, filming on his phone as a fan watching Green Day, and Billy Joe Armstrong saw that, and so that was something else that was unscripted. When Billy Joe grabbed his microphone and went out on the ice towards the wall, it's because he was going, he was singing to the players because the players came out to see it, and then his, mic, his guitar strap got caught, and they had to help him, and he came over and sang directly to the players, which was also not rehearsed. So that was, that was cool, especially, as you guys know, Doing live events, anything can happen, and it, that's that's what makes live radio and live television fun. Because <laughs> I live for stuff like that. Get your adrenaline going. Yeah, that was good. Well I thought done. they I thought they did a good job, but no, that hall scene. I thought that was right. <laughs> you so got fooled. I got they, fooled. They had done that two hours beforehand. Oh, okay. Because there was a long line. I thought I saw John Hamm in that line. Probably. Doing the hand and Jenna Fisher, they interviewed her. Everything I, I uh, actually it was Wayne Gretzky against Jenna Fisher as the two final uh, celebrity coaches. Yeah, well, she was really into it because she has a son plays hockey. That's okay. what she told the announcers. And uh, I enjoyed seeing the Kachuk boys uh, each score a goal. I mm-hmm. thought that was fun. Yeah, because th- everyone was like, I thought that after the Central Division was out, that the place would empty out. It did not. It stayed pretty full, even though, like, after once you knew who was going to win, each commercial break, more and more people left. But they had a really good crowd that stayed for the entire thing. And because there was a new Saturday Night Live that weekend, starring Adam Driver from Star Wars fame and Marriage Story, whatever, 
I'll never watch it again. But they had to be out by 10 o'clock, and they were out. the show ended at 9.58. I was very impressed. I wondered about that because you know how the DVR says, you know, it had this extension, and I'm like, no. No. They got a new SNL. I'm just going to go with it. And even if it does go on, they'll they still added, have They added more highlights because I think they were a minute short. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so they just kept playing highlights, and then they went at uh, two minutes till they were out. I'm glad they showed T.J. Oshie and they did an interview with him. It was a packaged interview, mm-hmm. but I really liked that. I liked seeing the crowd respond. I think always St. Louis looks so classy on TV when it was good for it was good for the area. Yeah, because they gave the Kachuk boys big ovation and they gave him a huge ovation. So yeah, no, it was good. I did fast forward through some of the games. <laughs> But it was good for the area. Because the scores were like 9 to 5. No, we lost 9 to 6. But that was not Jordan Bennington's fault. No, it was 10 to 6. That was not Jordan Bennington's fault. He only let in one-third of all the shots he faced. Uh, Connor Hellebuck from the uh, Winnipeg Jets, he was the one that let in the majority of the goals and had a worse percentage. That's why the Central So Perron's the only one of the Blues that scored a goal, right? Yeah, but all three of them had assists. Oh, because oh. there were it was three on three, and so all three of them touched okay. the puck. Well, right. yeah, I, nice. I, th- I thought, okay. Well, anyway, um, any thoughts on the Grammys? No. No. I, you know, I, 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 I didn't even watch it. I, I thought they handled it pretty well. They did the, the, the tribute to Kobe. Um, I, I didn't watch any of it because, is it uh, Billy Eilish? Billy Eilish. Billy Eilish, Eilish uh, who won all the awards. My, my daughter listens to some of her. And music. she, your daughter's a teenager. Yeah, she is a teenager. But <laughs> and I, so well, that's Beyond why. that, that was the closest I came to being, having any interest in it. Well, I watch them every year. and as Why? The, because I like to keep up on that stuff. And and I find that if you close your mind, you got to be open-minded. I just yes. personally, as a 65-year-old, I want to know what's going on in music. So I, Because I think if you close Gary yourself Gary Clark Jr. Off, is an amazing blues guitar player. He and he won a ton of awards. He did for this land, which is a very powerful song. Elvis Costello won, which wasn't on TV. They have, you know, they have a zillion awards. Yeah. And then Gloria Gaynor's up for like yeah, a gospel Gloria Gaynor, one. how she has survived. She she nice. sings gospel, but I like the live collaborations. Right, the I, I love mash. those. I love those when they do that. But I like to keep up with music, and mm-hmm. I know the Grammys are. You well, know, I do. I do that fluffy. anyway. I don't need to watch the Grammys to do that. Yeah, but I just always, you know, I just, I just always have, and I might not agree with some of the stuff that's happened in the past. But she's okay. The last one to win the big four awards that she won, she won song, record, album, and new artist. The last person to do that. Christopher Cross. I know. And, and what's Christopher Cross doing now? Nothing. He's, but do, he's I will doing say, the Yacht Rock tours. Okay, but... And I, I love I Christopher will, Cross. I like Ride Like the Wind. I'm sorry, that's I like, a good car song. I'm all right. You know? Or it's all right. And it's just... But I think if we, as older people, like people brag that they don't know any of the musicians, I think that's... That's not okay, good. That's not They're good staying because... staying stagnant. That, that, that you, you know, you're going to be kids get off my lawn kind of person. Yes, but you do, but you are introduced to stuff on the Mark Cox Morning Show when Denise or Trisha pick well, the music. And I have to say, and who you goes that? And you, there are songs you do like. There are some songs that I like. My kids always show, uh, listen, gave me new music and stuff like that to listen to, which I think is a really good thing. But I wrote down like 12 songs I want to look up and hear <laughs> because the way radio is nowadays, and you guys are radio guys, you don't hear. So you hear just a limited playlist. And I still listen to the radio. Mm-hmm. 
So, and I like listening, you know, and so uh, I'm also probably just this dinosaur because I don't have my eye my earbuds in listening to <laughs> well we have to we have to get mark out of here and yeah. we, have to, I, we have to go too because you know there's i know other okay things real going fast on. what's your what uh, super bowl is coming up um sunday uh, what's your favorite football movie of all time can you just whip that out of your head um Longest Yard, Water Black Boy. Sunday, The Water, <laughs> Water Boy. Boy. Oh, Water sorry, Boy I'm sorry. I, if Back it's to on, Kathy Bates. I'm watching it, and I, I did like The Longest Yard actually, the the original, the original. not the remake, but uh, with uh, Adam Sandler yeah. and Nelly. What's yours? Uh, um, I like Black Sunday. <laughs> I do where they're about to bomb the Super Bowl with the uh, Bruce Stern. Yeah, Bruce Stern. That that's a good one. I. Um, was a senior in high school when Brian's song came out okay. and cried buckets, and I just loved that movie. It doesn't really have, you know, it's but it is about real football people. But I know that's that the was guy a TV movie, movie, technically. Yeah, technically. I remember, I remember growing up. They said if ever we need a, if whenever we need to collect men's tears, it's we showed them Brian's song. <laughs> I know. Well, which is it's the guy cry movie, but also I, I just like those ones like blind. I you know because I'm a I guess I'm a blindside. I like I like those. That's but, not the real story. I know, but I do like on any given. And I don't Sunday. like her. I like any, any given, given Sunday. Sunday. I like that. Like Pacino. Longest Yard, uh, Burt Reynolds, mm-hmm. Friday Night Lights. See, I've never, I, I'm admitting this, I've never seen Friday Night Lights. Either I've never read the book, seen the movie, or watched the television show. Billy Bob Thornton's really good as I, a coach, and Tim McGraw is really good as the asshole dad. I also <laughs> like the one about the, the, um, the Eagles, uh, the player who played in the – Strike shortened season and made the team. Oh, the rookie? The, no. no, not the rookie. No, um, uh, the uh, Invincible. In, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with yeah. Greg Kinnear as uh, yeah. Dick Vermeil. Yeah, I liked that one. Wow. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> the Express is good. I like those heartwarming things. I just do, but uh, I worked for the NFL for eleven years. I have very limited things to say about them. Yeah, well, we won't. Well, next week we <laughs> we have we don't have That's any awesome. new movies this week, Carl. We'll, we'll, we'll talk Oscars with Danny. Yeah. So, uh, well, yeah. We'll, or with, um, no, Tom Stockman. Tom Stockman. Right, right. So the Oscars are February 9th, mm-hmm. and uh, this weekend is the big Super Bowl. So I guess that's it. That's it. But go the, Chiefs. The, the, yeah. the, the Go Chiefs, right? Chiefs, that's right. That Mahomes is really quite Mahomes. something. Is that his name? Yeah. I don't even know. <laughs> he came to the Blues <laughs> games, and so, oh, yeah, Ryan O'Reilly wore a Chiefs helmet to warm up the other night. That was not on television, but they did show it. I in, saw the picture. That, yes. All right, well, Mark Cox, where can we find you on the socials? Because we can find you on 97.1 every morning. Sure. Uh, the Mark Cox Show on Facebook um, and um, at Mark Cox 971 on Twitter. You can find that me at underscore Carl the Intern on Facebook. No, I'm not on Facebook. On Twitter and Instagram, which is on my Facebook. And then uh, you can hear me uh, on 971. uh Scattered times, but every Saturday on the Weekend Report with Tony Colombo, where I do movie reviews. And this week, I'm going to talk about the Bruce Frank's St. Louis Superman movie. Oh. And I'm on KTRS every Thursday night with Ray Hartman. You can hear my movie reviews there. And we did a lot of talking last week about movies. And uh, we, uh, I'm in the timesnewspapers.com, which is Webster Kirkwood Times, South County Times, and West End Word. And then I'm on all the social Thank you, Mark, for being with us. Thanks. You bet. It's fun. Thank you. All right. Say bye, Lynn. Oh, bye. <laughs> <laughs>